0: The Gathering Gains Prophecy Times podcast. Uh, we are at episode 5 of our Revelation series and today we are looking at the whole chapter of Revelation chapter 4. We, uh, we just finished the last couple of weeks uh, the, looking at the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation. Now, I love today because we're we're looking at chapter four and I find this fascinating. We we get a shift here in chapter four. The start of chapter four says, after these things. Chapter 4, verse 1, after these things. Now that is the same Greek words there um, used in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, where I spoke about we get the divine outline the divine outline in Revelation one nineteen says this write the things which you have seen past tense and the things which are present and the things which will take place after this and now the words there in Greek mean after these things it's exactly the same as chapter 4 verse 1 after these things so what we where we find ourselves now is at the beginning of the after these things section, the beginning of the future section that comes after the church age. Revelation 2 and 3 is all about the present age, the age of the church, up until the time of the rapture. And Revelation 4 through 22 is all future and all comes after the end of the church age. Now, what I find fascinating is that We see the word church used in chapters 1 through 3 of Revelation 19 times. 19 times the word church is used. In fact, the very last verse of Revelation 3 22 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's the 19th time that the word church is used in the first three chapters. What's fascinating is that we don't see the word church used from chapter 4 verse 1 all the way through to chapter 22. The next time we hear the the word church used is not until chapter 22 verse 16. I'll read it to you. So you've got to go to all the way to the end of uh, the whole book of Revelation before the word church is used again, twenty-two verse sixteen. I Jesus have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So what what happened? Why is it that we get the word church used nineteen times in three chapters? And then from chapter four through to chapter twenty-two, it's not used even once until verse sixteen of chapter twenty-two. What is going on there? What? Why is that? Uh, so this is this is where we start today. This is the uh, the start of chapter four that we're going to look at and go on the journey on today. I'm I'm really loving this Revelation series. I hope you are too. Um, Revelation is, of course, we've talked about this, the great blessing book. So I pray and I hope that uh, it is a blessing to you uh, as we open this together as much as it is for me. So open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4 and uh, prepare your hearts to hear from the Lord. Revelation chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Here we go. After these things... I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this same same uh, words again after this after these things after the church age okay now I hope Uh, I hope you caught what I want to just look at next. Now, I want to let you know in advance, I'm conjecturing a little bit, but along with the truth that you've got the church spoken to and about, and the word church used 19 times up to this point, and it's not spoken of at all uh, for the next, you know, chapters four through 22, which speaks of the tribulation period, the future seven-year tribulation period. Fascinating that A, the church is not mentioned in the tribulation period in Revelation. Uh, The second thing that's fascinating is that this uh, verse 1 seems to be a very uh, strong allusion to the rapture of the church. So we have, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. Now I hope you'll remember First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. I'm going to turn there. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then also 1 Corinthians 15 uh, verse 52. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. question is, is the trumpet that 1 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians talking about the same as what John uh, experiences here when he says he heard a voice like a trumpet speaking with me saying, Come up here. There's a clear, in my mind, a clear allusion to John getting raptured into heaven and we find in verse 2 that John finds himself in heaven. Uh, I believe there's a clear connection between the timing of this event in John's uh, revelation and the timing of when the church too will be raptured in relation to the seven-year tribulation period uh, and that is before it. Um, And so in 1 Thessalonians 4, we find that it's the end of the church age. Revelation 4 is also the end of the church age. The trumpet sounds in 1 Thessalonians 4, a voice like a trumpet in Revelation 4. 1 Thessalonians, uh, the church is caught up to heaven. Revelation 4, John is caught up to heaven. Obviously, uh, there seems to be some connection. Am I reading too much into this? Possibly. Uh, But one thing is certainly true. And I'm going to read to you a quote from David Jeremiah. And I I think this is helpful. In Revelation 3, we saw a door closed and Christ was seeking entrance. Now in chapter 4, we see an open door through which we can view the regal splendor of God. Why? How? Because we enter the throne room. Revelation 4 leads us into a throne room where the King is sitting. Twice in the book of Revelation, we see an open door. The first time is in Revelation 4.1, when John sees a door standing open in heaven. The last time is in Revelation 19.11, when he saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse. That's at the second coming. The first time the door opens, somebody goes up and the next time somebody comes down fascinating in the in the revelation uh, that John writes down the first door that opens he is the one that goes up uh, in the revelation the second door in Revelation nineteen eleven, uh, who is the one that comes down it's Jesus on the white horse and it's the armies in heaven it's the church clothed in white coming behind him and it's all his holy angels coming out of heaven fascinating Okay, so, uh, I, I like to look at verse 1, it's not, um, you know, I want to be uh, cautious, it, it's, not a, it's not clear in the text there, uh, but it certainly seems to fit with all the rest of what we've learned about the rapture, it certainly seems to affirm, I want to put it that way, it's not evidence for, but it seems to affirm again and again, uh, the timing of the rapture being before the tribulation period. Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Who is the one? You you will notice that most Bibles have a capital O for one there. Uh, That's because it's talking about God. Uh, The one who sits on the throne, is it the father? Is it the son? Uh, As we continue to read through chapter 4 and chapter 5, you will see that the one presently sitting on the throne that it's speaking of is indeed the Father. Verse 3 And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. So the Father, in appearance, looked like a jasper and a sardius stone. Okay, so that's what he looked like. Like he wasn't those things. He looked like those things. And then it goes on to say, and there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. So you've got a throne, and you've got the Father sitting on the throne who looks like a jasper and a sardius stone. Uh, and around the throne was a rainbow. Okay, so that that wasn't like a rainbow. That was a rainbow. There was a rainbow around the throne and in appearance that looked like an emerald. Okay, so this is this is an incredible picture of the throne room of God. Verse 4. Around the thrones were 24 thrones, interesting, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Just going to pause there because so we're going to take a little bit of time and just look at thrones, elders, white robes, and crowns to try and identify who these elders are. Now, we've looked at this together uh, in the Rapture podcast series. So I won't go through the whole uh, thing that we did during that time, but I do just want to point out a couple of things about uh, these 24 thrones and the elders who sit upon them that surround the throne of God where the Father sits. So the first thing is that these 24 thrones, uh, there are 24 elders. So first of all, thrones. Uh, If you jump back to chapter 3, verse 21, you find something interesting. Speaking about the overcomer. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also came and sat down with my father on his throne. Okay, so the overcomer is the one who sits on the throne surrounding uh, God. The overcomer. Who is the overcomer? We know the overcomer. We've talked about this to be a born again Christ follower, a born again believer, a Christian uh, is the one who is promised to sit on the throne. Uh, Then we go to elders saw 24 elders. Now, if you look through the New Testament, uh, as far as I can tell, and please, I'm open to correction, but as far as I can tell through my studies, the only time elders is used in the New Testament scriptures is to refer to uh, the leaders or the shepherds of the church, the local bodies of Christ that gather in certain places, i.e. the elders of Ephesus or the elders at Thessalonica etc etc. The word elders always in the New Testament refers to church elders, church leadership. Okay 1st Timothy 5 17 1st Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 is one such example Uh, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Let the elders, speaking of the leadership of the church. And then Titus 1 verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Okay, so, so far we've got thrones, which seems to be for uh, overcomers, that is Christians, born again, Christ followers. Uh, we've got the elders who are sitting on them, which in the, in the New Testament, the word elders is always used for uh, leaders in the church. Uh, and then, uh, then you've got, if we continue on, 24 elders sitting these elders are clothed in white robes. Okay, white robes, that's, that's an identifying feature. If you go back to three, uh, chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you, you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. White garments over and again in uh, Revelation speak of either the righteousness of Christ placed upon us or the righteous acts of the saints but always they're connected with the body of Christ the church the born again christian okay we we keep going clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads so these same people, these 24 elders who are sitting on thrones clothed in white robes have crowns of gold on their heads if you go back to chapter 3 verse 11 Behold, I am coming quickly, hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Speaking again to the believers, that no one may take your crown. Over and again in the New Testament, it is the church. They're the ones who receive the crowns or rewards. You can also go back to chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, chapter 2:10 says, "Do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Again, uh, the believer is the one that is to receive the crown. I also want to just turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, in relation to crowns and rewards, just briefly. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. It says this, If anyone's work which he has built on it, actually, the, the whole bit from verse 12 uh, through to, now let's read it. Uh, chapter 3 verse 12. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. God will refine the believer's works when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ and it will be tested of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet, as, uh, yet so as through fire. See, God in the New Testament scriptures offers to the lost salvation. That's a free gift to all people. And he also offers for the faithful service of those who are following him for the faithful service of the believer, the born-again Christian, for the saved, he offers rewards. He offers salvation to the lost. And once receiving salvation, he offers rewards based on works for those who are his. Okay, Salvation is not works-based, but rewards are. Salvation is invariably spoken of as a free gift, Whereas rewards are earned by works. Don't confuse the two. A further distinction is that salvation is a present possession. You, you possess salvation now if you're a born-again believer. Whereas rewards are a future attainment to be given at the time of the rapture. Turn with me to, to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. This is Paul speaking to Timothy Chapter 4, verses 8. This is Paul's final letter before he he was killed in Rome. This is his final letter. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. See the crown again. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all those, uh, all who have loved his appearing on that day, on the rapture, the day of our resurrection, everyone will receive our rewards then. Our works will be tested and they'll either be burnt up or we will receive rewards. Okay, so what I hope you can see, and we get confirmation of this uh, throughout chapter 4 of Revelation and chapter 5 of Revelation, but I hope that you can see that you've got the throne In the throne room of God, the Father is sitting on the throne. And around the Father's throne, you've got 24 thrones. And you've got elders sitting on those thrones, clothed in white robes, with their crowns on their heads. And these elders, thrones, elders, robes, crowns, all point to the fact that this is the church. These are elders representing the complete church. 24 elders, always in the throne room of God. From scripture, we, we can infer that they, uh, those elders take shifts and rotate in and out, uh, potentially. But those elders are the representatives of the complete body of Christ, the church. What's fascinating is that when John got raptured into heaven, they're there. They're already there. They're already in the throne room. Before before we get to uh, Revelation chapter 5 and the the scroll is opened and Revelation chapter 6 when the first seal is broken, uh, the elders are already there. The church is already in the throne room of God in heaven. The church is already in heaven. I hope that you can see that before the seven-year tribulation period. Verse five, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings and voices. Okay, let, let's, not, um, let's not try and symbolize or, or anything here. It doesn't say like, it's hard for us to picture what that would be like, but from the throne literally proceeded lightnings, thunderings and voices came from the throne of God. That just is what it is. That is what the throne room of God apparently looked like to John. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Again, uh, the Bible explains the Bible. The seven lamps of fire that are burning before the throne is the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this before. The seven spirits of God is the complete Holy Spirit and the complete ministries or working off the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is before the throne also. Verse 6, Before the throne there was a sea of glass. This sea of glass was like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Okay, so again, we need to understand, we might not completely understand what we're seeing, but it doesn't say like, it doesn't say as, it says there were four living creatures. And these four living creatures were, uh, had, were full of eyes in front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. Here we go. So there is the like bit. So there's four living creatures, they seem to be angelic beings of some kind. The first one was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Okay now What's interesting is I'll I'll read on to verse 8 The four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes around and within and they do not rest day or night and we'll we'll move on to that in a second Um, Who who, or what are these four living creatures? We seem to get uh, other pictures of these four living creatures from other parts of scripture and uh, from Ezekiel chapter 1 around about verse 18 we hear the cherubim being spoken of. Uh, Also Ezekiel chapter 10 uh, from verse 12 we hear the cherubim being spoken about. And then in Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 we see the seraphim being spoken, spoken about. Now both of these creatures, the seraphim and the cherubim they seem to be uh, very similar to these four living creatures that we're seeing here in Revelation. Are they exactly the same? Are the seraphim, you know, in a maths equation, does the seraphim equal the cherubim? Is it the same thing? Or are they two slightly different uh, creatures, slightly different angelic beings? Uh, we don't know specifically, I would argue most likely they're exactly the same. Uh, Regardless, we have these different images of these creatures, these angelic beings that are before the throne of God. And these creatures in verse 8, they do not rest day or night. And they say, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come. They are around the throne day and night, praising and worshipping God. Incredible. Uh, now, no one's scared of these living creatures either. Uh, it doesn't; they they're not a, a beast of any kind. They are a beautiful, angelic creature praising God. Verse nine: Whenever the living creatures give glory and honour to God, I added that bit, um, but that's what they're doing. They're giving glory and honour to God, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever, again, speaking of the father, the father is the one that's on, the throne, on that throne at this point. Verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they also worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Now, this is awesome. I really, I really want you to get this. Because so often, uh, you know, people have said to me things like, uh, well, what, what's the deal with rewards? Why, why do we get rewards in heaven? Is there a hierarchy, uh, you know, in heaven? Uh, is there a hierarchy in the millennial kingdom? And well, the Bible teaches there is a hierarchy. Uh, we, we know the parables that talk about Uh, Ones that are given control over uh, 10 and over 6 and over 1 or 5 and 1. I forget what it is. Uh, But there are different um, levels of responsibility in the Millennial Kingdom and in eternity. Um, and, And there are different levels of rewards. And all are beautiful and all are perfect. So my job in the Millennial Kingdom will be my perfect job. And it won't matter whether I rule over one person or a million people. It's going to be my perfect job and it's going to be incredible. But there is a hierarchy and there are rewards. Now, elsewhere in Scripture, it talks about uh, standing before, in fact, I think, is it the bit that we just read in First Corinthians? First uh, Corinthians, let's see if I can find it. Um, 1 Corinthians 3, verse, about verse 14. Is that the bit? Yes. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. This is when we're standing before the judgment seat of Christ in heaven. This is believers. This is not unbelievers. Believers stand before a different judgment seat. That's the great white throne of judgment. and That's on earth. The judgment seat of Christ is in heaven for believers only. This is where we will be. And if our work endures, we will receive a reward. However, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. What does it mean we will suffer loss if all of our works are burnt up, meaning they weren't, you know, they weren't actually good works for the Lord. Either the motivation was wrong, the works. I don't know what our Lord's definition of good works is in terms of what will, what will last. But the truth is some will be burned, some will not. And if all of our works are burned, then we will suffer loss. And I believe that's because we won't receive a crown. We're still saved. Do you see what, we're still saved. We're in heaven, we're the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, we're in heaven. We still are saved to spend eternity with God, forever we shall be with the Lord, so says 1 Thessalonians 4. But we will suffer loss because in addition to that, we won't receive a reward. Now, I firmly believe that the loss will come because we won't get a crown to at the at the right time we won't have a crown to be able to throw to cast before the throne of God. Did you see here in Revelation 4 verse 10 the 24 elders fall down before him the church the representatives the leaders of the church fall down before him Uh, And worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. If our works are burned up, we won't receive crowns and we won't have anything to cast before the Lord. So maybe that is the loss that we feel, that we experience. Still saved, but a loss because we don't get to cast a crown at the feet of the Father. That will indeed be a big loss. And I hope and pray for you and for me that that is not the case. But they do that. They cast their crowns before the throne. This is what John is seeing the elders do. And they go on to say that you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And I'm just going to read it now as well in chapter five, verse nine and ten. They sing another song and we'll get to this next week in more detail, but they also sing you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. This is the church in heaven before the seven year tribulation period standing before God, sitting on thrones, clothed in white robes, having already been judged and received their crowns, throwing the crowns at the feet of the Father and worshipping God, saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things. Chapter four initiates a shift from the church age to the, to the future period of time the tribulation period the millennial kingdom and and into eternity chapter four is a shift there is no mention of the word church but the church is certainly there the church is in the throne room of God represented by their elders the 24 elders sitting on thrones clothed in white robes receiving having already received their crowns and casting them at their feet John, when he was raptured into heaven, saw these things take place. The elders were already there. What an incredible blessing. What an incredible vision that Jesus gave to John. And what an incredible truth that the church is in heaven before the first seal of judgment of the seven-year tribulation period. I hope that as first 1 Thessalonians 4 says, and I'm going to read it to you to close. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I think it's verse 18, verse 17 and 18. And thus we shall always be with the Lord, speaking of the church. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. As we see the world going crazy, comfort one another with the words and the truth of the fact that we are soon to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the air and we shall forever be with the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us for another Prophecy Times podcast. We we hope and pray it was a blessing to you and we already look forward to tackling chapter 5 of Revelation with you next week, Wednesday, Lord willing, 5pm. Much love and God bless.